There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, how are we doing, everybody? Happy New Year. We are back with a new season. Fantastic episode this week with the great Chris Gethard, son of New Jersey, specifically son of Essex County, New Jersey, North Jersey. He takes us on a really great history lesson. Uh, He really gives us context uh, to a lot of the uh, very insular references that David Chase drops, not just in this episode, which is the season four premiere, but also other episodes in the series, really gives you uh, an appreciation for how many little nods David Chase gives to his hometown, his home area. So great to have Chris on to give us that context. Uh, and before we get started, just wanted to shout out our own Professor Pauly, who wrote a covid sopranos script which is so good takes place in between season four and five as if coronavirus uh, pandemic was happening in that time period i think you really captured the voices of all the characters it really sings and i think you'd really appreciate it and it fills the hole that we're experiencing having to wait another million months for many scenes of newark to come out so if you're looking for something to fill that void uh, please give it a read. It's really, really good. You can find a link to it in the bios at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. There's a link tree there, and we link to Professor Pauly's wonderful script. So after you listen to this week's episode, please give that a read. It's really, really worth your time. And without further ado, Chris Gethard. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Oh, a Sopranos podcast. We're back. We're back. As always, I'm Joe Spellman, and this is David Fudernick. And this is Paul Golius. And we're talking episode, oh, season four, episode one. Kicking off. For all that's public and private with our very special guest, 
You know him from uh, his own show on television, the Chris <laughs> Gethard Show. Specials, I forget the name. Career Suicide, <laughs> that's it. That's the that's one. That's the one. And many other uh, things on TV and film. Ladies and gentlemen, and Chris Gethard. Yes, and his new podcast, I uh, all about New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. Mr. New Jersey, Chris Gethard. What up? Hello. What up, dude? Thanks for having me, guys. Thank Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we're kicking off in style season four here. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's go uh, right up top. Like, um, what's your (laughs) your relationship with the show? Like, have you watched? I mean, have you watched all of it? Um, And, uh, you know, like, since you have a lot of New Jersey stories, like, get right into it and start telling us that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I have watched every episode. Um, the show's beloved in New Jersey. And when it was on the air, I was a student at Rutgers University and started there, I think it was 98 to 02, I lived in New Brunswick. And, you know, that's a college town, party town. There's always, you know, there's, it, it has some rough edges. There's crime, there's mayhem, there's, there's drunken mischief. And I can tell you sincerely that I don't think there was ever less crime going on in New Brunswick, New Jersey than on Sunday nights in my era. Cause everyone watched this show. And I think one of the things, I don't know if any of you are, are Jersey guys um, by chance. Tri-state area. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, Connecticut we're, guys, but yeah, yeah with relatives in New Jersey. Yeah. I can tell you being from New Jersey, there's a level of watching the Sopranos that I think is just, I, th- I mean, it's an amazing show for anybody who watches it. It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's that and the wire are the best shows of all time. And I think Sopranos is probably more accessible and fun in my opinion. It's, it's like as good, but more accessible. Yeah. Agreed. And you're from New Jersey. The references make you cheer. And I'm from Essex County, New Jersey, which is where the, Pretty much, I mean, Tony Soprano lives in Essex County, New Jersey. He lives in North Caldwell. Um, Matt Bevilacqua was from West Orange in Canon. They say the town name West Orange. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, I, I'll never forget. I, I forget which episode it was where I believe Paulie Walnuts, someone enters a room and Paulie Walnuts goes, oh, what happened? They left the cage open at the Turtleback Zoo. And that's a real zoo on Northfield <laughs> Avenue that I attended at least one birthday party there. Uh, every year of my of my elementary school life. So watching the show for me, it, it's I get all the joy of it being a remarkably well-written and beautifully acted show. Mm. And I also get this um, extra added joy of knowing all these things that they're talking about on, on a pretty intimate level that I think fly past people. And there, there's some that I, I cite as my like favorites that I've ever seen. And uh, I tell you what I did. I watched this episode we're talking about tonight and I wrote down a number of things that are kind of um, like things that I, I would notice or that I know the references to that if you guys want me to just get real nerdy and in depth, it would be super boring, I think, oh. for a lot of your listeners. But that there are certain things in this where I'm just going, that's fucking awesome. Right. If you're from New Jersey, let alone if you're from Essex County. No, I think our our listeners definitely want to like drill down into like, because this is, we're allowed to talk about spoilers on this. This is for people who've seen the show many, you many are. times. Yeah. So, yeah. so can I, yeah, like we, can I say my, one of my favorite things the show ever did? Yeah. Here's the, 
this is when it's like, it just makes you sit. This is how hardcore David Chase goes into Essex County um, specificity. The episode where Charles S. Dutton uh, is the cop who gives Tony the ticket and then won't back down. Yeah. They meet up in Fountains right. of Wayne, first of all, <laughs> which is for any Jersey, that place is gone, but not forgotten. Re- forgotten. That was like the ultimate driving landmark in the pre-GPS days. That's, that stands <laughs> right where Routes 23, 46, and 80 meet, right next to the Willowbrook Mall. And it was so gaudy and outlandish that like, okay, and then Fountains of Wayne's going to be on the left side, and that's when you hit the jug handle, go back around. That was like the ultimate landmark. But that cop was from Cedar Grove, if I remember right. And it's so fucking funny because if you grow up where I grew up, there's a comic book store in Cedar Grove named Time Warp. Everybody went there. And the Willowbrook Mall, you drive down Route 23, you cut through Cedar Grove. And it was a well-known thing. Don't speed in Cedar Grove. They got cops sitting there every night. And it was known. These are the cops where like, you know how when you're a kid, you get a speeding ticket. What does everybody do? I'm going to go down to the courthouse and then they'll still give me a fine, but maybe they'll take the points away. It was no Cedar Grove will not do that. The cops will show up to wow. testify every time. They don't do it. Like the idea that he was a Cedar Grove cop who was just hanging, like whose nuts were a little too tight and who wouldn't back down is like made me sit there with my jaw on the floor <laughs> that it was that specific to the reality of where I grew up. So I've got a few things like that that I wrote down yeah, this episode. Please. Some some that are more worth it than others and have a little more. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's why we're, why we're all here. Right. I mean, fucking yeah, no. David Chase, you killed it, bro. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, we've gotten that across by doing, getting into season four of this now. Um, so also tell me when I'm talking too much, please. Cause I fucking get rambly about our listeners oh, are used to hearing us talk. So this is better. And especially okay. like, I, I would imagine a good chunk of our listeners are New Jerseyans, so uh, this yeah. is fun yeah. for a good chunk of yeah. people. Yeah, and they're yeah, fucking please, sick please of hearing go, from us. So. Yeah, go go ramble and do your thing, man. It's great. Will do. Um, Will do. So just to kick it off up top, of course, this is for all debts, public and pri- public and private. Written by David Chase himself, directed by Alan Coulter. Originally aired September fifteenth, two thousand two. Little factoid: Did you guys know this is the highest viewed episode of Sopranos ever? More than the finale. Holy yep. shit. How many viewers wow. do you think? Can you can you ballpark? A, a million. <laughs> one one million viewers. They never yeah. broke. What? I mean, because it's, like it's hard. It's hard. 2002. would be like 20 million. I'd say 8 million people? Closer. This is came in at 13.4. And, wow, and it was just recently, um, whenever the Game of Thrones uh, finale aired, that broke it by 0.2 million. So that that was like the highest viewed wow. night of HBO since 2002, all the way to Game of Thrones finale, which is weird. Like I'm I'm baffled that the that the series finale did not get that number. So um, yeah, but I uh, will say I I started watching live this season in college, you? and I did feel like a lot of my friends in college were also because the DVDs were like being passed around more and stuff like it it did have a feeling of like there are more people who are really into watching it on Sundays now than there maybe were in season three. Right. So, yeah. but, maybe, uh, but that's just, you know, and it's audience an, building. An, an anecdote. Sure. An sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's, let's kick it off here. It opens 
with this uh, close-up shot of uh, Carmelo reading a, a New York Times story to AJ about uh, some Italian custom where they 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 try to get special treatment from people in power, uh, basically bribing people. And she mentions some guy got eighty-eight pounds of of fish, which is which like, which by the way, my my mom used to do this at the breakfast table to the whole family, and nobody was listening to her, but she would just. <laughs> read like every article to everyone and be like so <laughs> apparently there's a panda bear in china right now who has two mouths and and nobody cares <laughs> nobody's listening to her it was kind of like the uh like the like the zagat's uh, sketch on snl <laughs> like um, oh this is interesting like, no well, so cares. yeah, like, why do you guys think they they decided to kick off the fourth season, their highest rated rated episode ever, uh, with just reading from the New York Times? Any any theories on, on what they were going for here? I mean, you have a mix of like she's reading from the New York Times, cut to Tony like desperately looking for the sports section in the Star Ledger. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, probably it. something <laughs> like that. They're just using that. Yeah. Well, it does also seem like one of the themes, right, is that Carmela's starting to think about the world outside of Tony. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that the Star Ledger is so iconic in the oh, show yeah. and is the paper of record for New Jersey that there might actually be something to that of like Tony's in Tony's world and she's looking beyond the borders of that world now, right? Yeah, oh, and yeah. Chris, this is why we have you on. That is, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Hey, I, no, I thought that too when I was watching. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I did. I did. Yeah. I got it down. I put it in the notes. Um, also they, they like cut in the middle of this scene over to, um, before we see any of the other main characters go straight to Danielle, the undercover FBI agent and, and, uh, her husband, Will Arnett, um, which was like an odd sort of cut to me as well. Like why, why put that in the middle of this, this scene? Why so up top? Um, why do you guys think they know. did that? Really want to remind people what happened at the end of the season last season i don't know yeah in the middle of a scene that's already like it's weird unfolding. it is weird yeah yeah i always i remember it brought back this visceral memory because i don't i don't think i've watched sopranos since it aired i oh, maybe wow. rewatched some of it at one other point but it's been many years and it brought back a very visceral feeling which was that they really always wanted to remind you that she had a baby right that like if she got killed, there was a baby in a crib. Right. Yeah, she was always picking up that baby and kissing it. It was also shocking to me to look back. I was like, "Is that Will Arnett? Is that like a pre before the time I was totally aware of him, Will Arnett?" And then I couldn't quite tell. And then he started speaking, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely Will Arnett." <laughs> that's definitely Will Arnett. Yeah, this is pre. Well, I, I always remember. I always remember with her, they just were always holding that baby up to camera yeah. being like, baby. They did. And baby. then the baby like stops crying when she, when it sees like Jesus her big her hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, typical morning, the Sopranos home, uh, Chris shows up to drive Tony into work. Um, and I guess that we sort of set up, they sort of tease out one of the big storylines of the, of the season here with uh, Carmela starting to have intimate feelings for Furio. Um, when, when she starts asking like, Oh, Furio's not coming, blah, 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 this and that. Um, what do you guys think of that storyline, by the way? Cause it plays out over the course of the entire season. Well, the Carmel, Carmel Furio storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Yeah. I was just curious about where, what, what, uh, Furio was doing at the track. If he really went to the track or not. <laughs> 
Maybe he was like setting up the Icelandic air ladies uh, to roll by. Ah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. That's, maybe that's when at, you see him later in the episode. He's at Newark Airport, like just waiting around, uh, <laughs> you know, like customs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always thought it was funny that she went for Furio mostly because of this ponytail. That's what, like, yeah. I think in some episode they do. They her, talk like, about it. Yeah. They talk about the ponytail. Uh, but then also yeah. like there's a scene with her like dreamily like staring at the TV and they do a close up of Mario Batali's ponytail. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like she's like dreaming of Furio. Just I don't know something about the, the the ponytail. I'm trying to grow one now. I haven't had a haircut in like a year. Um, <laughs> pandemic times. Anyway, uh, then we get to Uncle Junior at the doctor's and his whole thing is, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, feeling his trial, pressing him for money, you know, he's, and that's a big theme of this episode in the entire season. I mean, the title of the episode for all debts, public and private, but like, did you guys pick up how much over the course of this episode, people are just money, money, money. Like we need money. Yep. Yep. Um, good guys. Um, yeah. Uh, it ends uh, with yeah. like a very obvious, like, like move in on that $20 bill so oh yeah I mean yeah that was weird but um then so something struck me this time on this rewatch that never hit me before like previous watches I was like junior what a charmer and then when he's like flirting with the nurse in the doctor's office this time I was like problematic dude felt very weird well I I had I had that exact thought of like oh this feels I mean I think it was meant to be pushy then and it feels even worse oh, yeah. now all these years later. But one thing I thought was actually, that really jumped out at me that I, I missed the first time around was he's so desperate with his flirting and sto- so he's like almost like borscht belty, <laughs> like so kind of gross and um, unsubtle yeah. about it. And then the way that Tony just kind of like raises an eyebrow at her and Junior doesn't even have the wherewithal to notice and she clearly gets a little gets a little more turned on by yeah, Tony's. Yeah. I'm like, that's their whole relationship, yep. right? Like he's the outlandish dude who talks too much and wants to be the public face, everything. And Tony's the one who can just make like the subtle quiet move and actually be running the show. Yeah. I, I thought that was super slick. And you can and loops back around to later when Junior's like, you keep me around to be yep. the fall guy. So you can I'm like, oh yeah, you saw that all just in their flirting style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. you kind of it, you can envision that that was kind of the um, the dynamic between him and Johnny Boy. That oh, yeah, Junior, yeah. Like, yeah, that was yeah. Like Johnny Boy was sort of the more uh, suave, understated, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, something something felt weird. But then it comes to bite Junior in the ass as later in the episode we find out that she's uh, fed undercover. Um, yeah, and uh, and she will be at his trial. Um, I also liked, I thought she was a really, I think she's a very striking actor and beautiful actor, but she's, you know, when you think about who Tony is usually shacking up with, it's like young, yep. like young, super, you know, tight bodied Russian girls on boats mm. and stuff. And I, I, as we talk about it, almost like he almost wanted to flirt with her just so Junior didn't want, yeah. like he yeah. wants to, he, like no offense to that actress, but I feel like in the writing is like, yeah, if if Junior hits on a girl, Tony's gonna do it oh, yeah. better instantly, yeah. and not and do it without even saying a word. So yeah. doesn't have to effortless, right. <laughs> yeah. Just sidestep around her, and the sexual uh, attraction is 
popping off the screen. Um, We've all been there. <laughs> in the doctor's office. <laughs> for yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so that, that whole thing plays out where Junior's, uh, you know, hurting for money. I, I love how uh, Tony ends up like swindling, basically swindling him out of that um, Freeland Heisen Avenue uh, property. Um, that there, that's like along the Esplanade that uh, is going to eventually like become Tribeca. Yeah, Jamba Juice. <laughs> a Jamba it, Juice, that, yeah. That's the property, right? That eventually becomes the Jamba Juice, I assume, right? I thought, no. um, oh, no, I thought maybe it was like some like chicken property. chicken store or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That was a different one. Yeah. No, I, I can't keep up with all of his uh, real estate swindles. Yeah. <laughs> There's a number of them. Yeah, um, I like that also he's, um, he's, uh, he's like not divulging all of it to um carmine too right oh yeah yeah that there becomes a little a like a little moment two, yeah. there that like he's like anything else i need to know about that and he's like eh, no no it's fine yeah. but lucky for new york they have sort of uh an informant in uh Polly walnuts who's you know flapping his gums a little too much on the jail payphone to uh to johnny sack and that becomes a huge thing this episode did you guys know that uh that Tony Sirico actually hurt his back and had to be like written out of these first batch of episodes. And that's why they put him like, Oh, that's what's yeah, going on. Yeah. yeah. They, that's why they put him in jail. So he could like take time off to recover and shit. So that's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that like they had to rewrite after like a principal character hurt his injured his back and couldn't be on set. And the episodes didn't suffer whatsoever from that, you know? Right. Um, and then the other big storyline that gets kicked off is Chris's growing drug problem. Fun times. I just, I feel like this season really kicks off like a huge, like a, a more starkly, like just dark uh, rest of the series, right? It's, it's not as dark, like the first few seasons are a little lighter in tone and even look. Um, the way this is shot, this episode feels like, it's shot like lit darker and stuff like that. The great time and memorial speech is uh really dark. He's oh, so yes. like yeah. shadowed in there. And um like yeah, I've I I was really noticing that in this scene, um, in this rewatch. Uh but I um I mean I really like this episode. I really think it's one of my favorite like season premiere. I think I mean they really fucking set everything up so well. Yeah. <laughs> um like a lot like of so shit many, like, in a short amount memorable. of time. Yeah, mem- a lot of like very memorable lines like Don doesn't wear shorts and uh, Quasimodo predicted all of this. Yeah, yeah. That, that on the vine. Yeah, that's not, that's actually, I mean, this is the first episode that was written and that aired after, you know, post 9-11. So I think maybe that some of that darkness I was talking about definitely came from that. This is only, you know, airing only a little over a year afterwards. So, um, yep. but yeah, everybody remembers that like Nostradamus thing with, uh, with Bobby Bacala. I mean, it's uh, so good. Yeah. I was la- I laughed my ass off and I knew it was like, you know, I it's it the coming. best. <laughs> uh, I also laughed at the way he's like, what is this mother? May I <laughs> he's just, he's dying at that man? Dominic Kinesi just, uh, knows how to deliver a line. Um, but yeah, uh, I-, I love that Chris is like actually shooting up heroin and as he's doing it, he says the line, when have I ever not been there for Tony 100%? And then he just passes out. Like that sort of stuff. Which is kind of blunt on the nose writing for David it Chase. Is- so if he's going to do it, especially in the season premiere, it feels like he's like 
shooting the signal flare into the sky yeah. of like, hey, this <laughs> is gonna, this, this season this season's gonna be bad with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Your eyes peel. Yeah, it does not go well for Chris. Um, but yeah, that big scene with all the capos when uh, Tony, you know, they walk behind the Bing and like it's like over like a little creek or something, and then into some other dark abandoned building. And uh, you know, he's he's like, I shouldn't have to be coming here, hat in hand. You know, when my uncle's on on trial for his life, right? Uh, and that's just like stressing the whole uh, financial thing. Do you guys like? I don't. Even, I didn't even remember that. Like post nine eleven, there was like this huge, uh, like economic downfall. Did you, did you guys remember that? No, I was eighteen. I could care less. I, <laughs> I, <know>. care <laughs> I was in college, so I guess yeah, it wasn't affecting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I um, I do remember that. I was also in college. Um, I was at that point. I was going. I I was in the city all the time because I had started doing comedy. So. 9-11 was a Tuesday. I was in the city on a Thursday and I remember that fear. But then I also remember how much construction exploded after that. So um, right. I feel like in reality, the mob did. Did okay. Just yeah. They did all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, Tony even says it. He's like, traditionally, you know, the, the industries that are recession proof are show business and this thing of ours. So, I mean, yeah, they, they had a lot of buildings to build back up. Um, a uh, small note: Did you guys catch like the weirdly bad graphics of the Italianissimo and the Wild Bird stores? Did you see that? No. Like the looked, like like the, the exterior of the stores. Yeah, it looked like they like superimposed in like neon green like lettering. Well, I have something to talk about with this oh, that's going to blow your mind. Let's hear it. One, because he goes. We're jumping ahead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. 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 Wild Bird Center. I'm watching it. And you're now saying like, oh, it looks like they really fucked up with the, uh, the Photoshop or whatever, <laughs> the design on it. The Wild Bird Center is actually real. It's actually a hilariously real store. <laughs> it's at the corner of uh, Bloomfield Avenue and Passaic Avenue, right on the border of West Caldwell and Fairfield. And it's one of these things that I can speak to, which it's kind of like a hilariously well-known, like ever since I was a kid, every time you drive past there, your dad's like, ugh. The Wild Bird Center still in business. How about that? <laughs> um, to the degree where I can't imagine that they still are, but for years, that's real. I don't remember if Italianissimo is, but my parents moved from West Orange to Fairfield. Uh, so I used to drive by that place all the time. And that was like a local landmark in a big way. So I can tell you the Wild Bird Center was not just a it's thing they invented CGI. for Tony to go by. <laughs> bird seed that was real and that was the real exterior at least of the wild bird center wow. i can't speak to italianissimo but i 100 guarantee because i think david chase grew up in north caldwell if i remember or lived in north caldwell he had to have. and yeah i can almost guarantee that he he i first i can guarantee he did not invent that place for the show but i can almost guarantee that he lovingly found a reason to include it for the show um, cause that was real and, and a very well-known joked about <laughs> local and yeah. for real. So that I hate to, uh, I hate to contradict you. Well, okay. Was, ugly, the, was the sign only was weirdly, not, uh, like neon green sign like that? It was a big gaudy okay. sign. Uh, it looks like it closed in 2010, unfortunately. RIP. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was, it is a big, bright, bold sign. It was in a little strip mall. And for years, it was just, like I said, you'd just be like, how 
the f- <laughs> it's not even a fledged well-rounded pet store they just sell supplies for wild birds like who is into wild birds enough that this business is being supported so you have to imagine that the, this is one of the first businesses that the internet just killed because there's not enough wild. There were probably people driving miles yes. to go to the one wild bird center <laughs> they could find. And then they'll just go, I can just buy my wild bird supplies on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that place was real. I mean, that place was very, very real. Maybe, uh, maybe this, uh, that one shot kept the place in business for, uh, for the next eight years. Yeah, I'm sure it showed up on all those uh, Sopranos bus tours. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, we talked about Polly in jail. Um, oh, yeah. What about this, uh, this Sunday dinner scene? Um, with you got the whole family, you got Ralphie, you got Roe, you got Janice, you got Carm's parents, you got AJ's. Uh, Half Jewish friend. Classic Ralphie uh, fair. Right. Oh, yeah. That monologue is so good. Yeah. I got two things I got to say about this scene, but we should discuss the scene for real first because the two things I have to say have nothing to do with the actual <laughs> substance of the scene. I mean, that will be discussing it for real on this podcast, so feel, feel right. free. Okay. The first thing I'll say is when Ralphie's being a big show off and kind of stealing focus, the conversation talking about motorcycles, mm-hmm. he tells a story about a guy going super fast on Passaic Ave at the corner in new Dutch lane. And which you may remember, I mentioned that the wild bird center was at the corner of Passaic Ave Bloomfield Avenue. So Passaic Ave is like a very major road in Western Essex County. Um, and where the Wild Bird Center is, is where it meets Bloomfield Ave. And that's a big commercial area. And after you get past New Dutch Lane, about a half mile or so down that, it picks up again with like another, uh, there's like a gas station and a bank and a couple fast food places. And it hits Route 46, which is massively commercial. But in between those two things, there's a very small airport called the Fairfield Airport. And it's a place where it's like, you know, people go to take like, flying lessons in single engine planes, you know, or propeller planes. Mm. And uh, it's desolate. It's just a, it, this, this airport that by the standard of airports is small, but it's just this stretch that there's, and there's nothing really on the other side of it. So there, and there is, there's a red light right there. And it's, it's the idea that he would tell a story about someone going on like a speed tear on that exact stretch is again, <laughs> Every teenage kid who grew up in Essex County has hit the fucking gas to the floor 
right there trying to get through that green light at new dutch lane new dutch lane like it cuts up um right to another location that we'll talk about from the show but there's like a little abandoned building on new dutch lane and nothing else and it's the like it's just so fucking funny to me that's the side of it where i go these are the gifts i get to have as a fan of this show that a lot of other people don't have because i could see in my head that's the stretch where yeah you fucking race your friends right there along that airport there's nothing going there and the light at the end of it new dutch lane boom that is that is wild the level of detail that they they i mean i guess it, it was easy for him to write into a script right but like because he knew the yeah. area but and if he's from north caldwell too uh north caldwell is very very tiny and Passaic Ave is the western border of the town mm. so that's it, it, all the main roads from North Caldwell dump out right to that area. So it's like, it's so specific that it's mind blowing. And that's where and the, Ralphie prefers to race. Is, is uh, yeah. Guy. That's like, it's, it's him. It's, it, it is like, cause they say like, Oh, all the hoods rode those motorcycles. Right. They <laughs> yeah, have that yeah. line, which like my parents' generation, that's what they, and I think a lot of parts of the country, but the hoods, like we called them burnouts in the eighties right. and the hoods before that, right. They were the bad kids. But that is where like the old school fucking cigarette smoking, like, like, you know, like Kanicki from Greece, like those guys yeah. with the leather jacks <laughs> slick back here, they would be drag racing Greasers. on that exact street. Undoubtedly. I, I would actually be shocked if David Chase didn't grow up with it being like, meet me on, meet me on Passaic Avenue Dutch and we'll race and see who's faster. Like that is 100% wow. on target. <laughs> the other thing I noticed, if you want me to keep going, please do. One thing that makes me laugh hard that I think other people might not laugh hard at is when the FBI agent gets into Tony's house, which first of all, obviously huge, right? Yeah. Huge chess piece just moved in the show. But when he goes, where are you from? And she says, Whippany, it made me grin so hard <laughs> because Whippany is a very nice town, pretty far removed from the drama of all the Sopranos uh, stomping grounds. And it's just a very quiet upper middle class town that has like almost no reputation at all in the surrounding area. <laughs> so what she's telling him right there is like, she's upper middle class. She's not, he, she's not trying to worm in on, she hasn't heard anything that's going to make her worm in on money. Right. She's probably like a nice kid from a good family, not looking for trouble. Right. What, that's what it means to say to Tony Soprano, I'm from Whippany. When I was, that's what it I means. was home uh, either last year or the year before, and we were driving home. I was driving with my family in the car from my uncle's, and he actually lives in New Brunswick. And we were about to get to the Tappan Zee Bridge, and I like tapped my sister, and I gave her my phone. I was like, you have to take a picture of the sign that says Whippany to send to these two guys because I, 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 I'd never noticed that before and, and until I was thinking about that moment. So Whipping. yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's great. Uh, yeah. That, to, to know that level of like specificity, like uh, is so just, uh, it's just, it's just adding another level of like the specificity that we nerd out on, uh, on this show. And uh, I, I got some other town specific stuff that makes me feel like it's intentional. We, we um, had Sarah Benincas on who's from, you know, yes. she's, she's from Jersey, but she's from, you know, Cowtown, Jersey. So she does not have the connection to Essex County. Like you do. Oh, so landmarks. This, yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah. excellent. Excellent. 
Yeah, there's a few things. There's a few things I can get into, but I don't want to also, I don't want to just derail the actual discussion of the scenes of the show. These discussions so often get derailed. This is nothing new here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, here's another one I'll drop now because it's not necessarily, I forget exactly which scene it was in, but you may have heard that the phrase down neck was dropped. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I think this may have been one episode in the first season. Yeah. Now, that episode meant a lot to people from where I'm from. It meant a lot to where I'm to people where I'm from. Because if you remember, it was called Down Neck, mm. but I don't believe they say the phrase Down Neck in the Down Neck episode. Mm. But it's an episode, and I haven't rewatched it. I'm just remembering this off the top of the head. So apologies if I'm wrong. It's an episode with a lot of flashbacks to Tony's dad. Yep. Growing That's up one, in yeah. there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what you should know is Newark, New Jersey is pretty major city, bad reputation out, tough times. This was a city where all of our grandparents emigrated to. Most of the people I know who grew up, whose families were from gener- multi generations in North Jersey, mm-hmm. there was an Irish pocket of, of um, Newark. And after the Newark riots, even a little before, my entire neighborhood in West Orange was a lot of Irish people from Newark who all moved to the same suburb together. There was a big Jewish population in Newark. If you ever read Philip Roth books, a lot of them are set in Newark because he was from there. A lot of those um, people all moved en masse. Livingston, New Jersey is a huge, uh, has a huge Jewish population now. Short Hills as well. Philip Roth in Goodbye Columbus, he writes about Short Hills. And there was a huge Italian pocket as well. And a lot of them moved to Fairfield, which is right there in North, uh, next to North Caldwell. That whole area was a lot of Italians. So the thing about the phrase down neck is that it's not used anymore. Our grandparents' generation, uh, a lot of them were from a neighborhood that they called down neck. But now when people talk about Newark, they talk about a neighborhood called the Ironbound. And it's a big uh, Portuguese becoming more progressively Brazilian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But for him to name an episode down neck and have it be flashbacks to a prior generation of this neighborhood in Newark, really a slick, cool move. Wow. That he didn't explain, but I'm sitting here going, man, everybody I grew up with calls it the iron bound, but my grandparents said they were from down neck and that that's the type of shit he does that just fucking gets my blood going. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. And as much as like, I've like studied the show and rewatched it and like looked for meanings and titles. I, that one just always flew by me. Cause you're right. They don't say it in the episode at all. Yeah, but it's the flashbacks to the olden yeah. days of what's now the Ironbound, and it, I think it's called the Ironbound because there's train station, train tracks uh, that bracket it. And if I remember right, it's it was called Down Neck because it's kind of shaped like a goose's neck. Mm-hmm. But I think I think maybe it, uh, don't quote me on this. I think uh, those train tracks weren't all there mm-hmm. during a prior generation, so it became the Ironbound as they came to define the borders. But for him to call it Down Neck, I'm telling you. In many towns in Essex County, New Jersey, the phrase down neck is dropped. But like as the old generation dies out, it's going to be said less and less. It's 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 fucking cool, man. It's Chris, cool. awesome. Chris, yeah, you missed your calling as a historian, I think. Well, this is why I talk about New Jersey. I mean, Joe can tell you, Joe's known me forever. And I've like never shut the fuck up about New Jersey. It's always been a big part of my comedy. Like I, yes. I never shut up about it. And and. Uh, my obsession with it, I think, probably rivals David Chase's. So, 
Yeah, oh, I, actually, show. maybe Mr. Calling has like a Sopranos walking tour guide of uh, New Jersey. <laughs> it's never too late. Take everybody to Halston. Right. Take everybody to Halston. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's, I mean, why don't we just like wrap it up by talking about the, the biggest thing in the episode for me was um, how Tony finally uh, lets Chris um, get vengeance f- against the man who supposedly murdered his father. Um, Bear, Detective Barry Haydu who uh, they roll up outside of Hooters, I think, and watch yes. a little of the end of his uh, retirement party. Uh, what do you guys think of the of the scene? And do you think that was actually um, the man who killed Chris's father? I still don't uh, know. It's still one of like the biggest uh, questions that I always like struggle with. Like, I, I really, I really have no idea. I'm more interested in the Magnum PI clip where they say special uh, investigator Finnerty. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get a little little finerty uh, shout. I didn't notice that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, how I do you know. do? You, do you think like the actor who played the detective? Do you think he played it like like he was uh, like he was actually innocent or what? I kind of do because when probably he, when he mention mentions um, what's the guy's name? Jilly Jilly Ruffalo. Yeah, Jilly Jilly Ruffalo. Like when he mentions uh, his name, he does seem to kind of like stone stone over for a sec you know yeah as yeah, much yeah. as, as a, yeah he like as much as a cop would, you know? yeah right. so i yeah i think if and if he didn't do it himself he was like somehow involved like obviously he was in the I, he was a crooked cop regardless yeah, yeah 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 um but uh yeah i love um the the chris taking the uh the 20 dollar bill out of his wallet and then hanging that up on his mother's fridge to end the episode there, i just think that's there, such a nice like little uh, i love that little scene with his, him and his mom yeah it's great like, did like did, did i ever uh uh saddle you with saddle a, you with a stepfather you yeah. know i mean it's it's great yeah she, i love that she wants to make him too. a fluffer nutter you guys they, remember they fluffer nutters oh my uh, girlfriend uh, was horrified horrified that oh we man that was children I, I feel like i had more of those than peanut butter and jellies Growing up, I don't think no, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever eaten one. I don't think I've ever eaten. Really? One. Oh, you'd love them. I remember oh, fondly. I probably would. We love were them, we but... were stocked with fluff at all times. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we had it. I don't know why. I have um two reactions from this storyline that I don't think you're gonna get elsewhere. If you want please, them, tell me please, if I'm being stop asking. You. Stop asking. No. <laughs> okay. One. First thing that made me laugh, the cops from Clifton. Perfect choice. Perfect choice that he's a Clifton cop. Because Clifton, there's this thing in North Jersey where there, every town uh, kind of has a certain gauged level of toughness and prides itself on toughness. Mm-hmm. And Clifton is a town that I would say is like a very nice working class suburb. Um, and it's one of these towns that mysteriously has like a reputation of like, like if, if me and my friends were out driving around New Jersey board one night and wound up at a diner and a bunch of kids in Clifton varsity jackets showed up or whatever, um, we wouldn't be talking bad. They're probably nice kids, but like they were known to maybe have a little bit of like, if it's go time, it's go time. Like the town had enough rough edges. Oh, and I really think like that. So the town next to Clifton is Passaic. Like that town has a lot of problems. You're going to find yeah bad cops there and then there's other towns that are nice 
but yeah, Clifton is a place where you might be able to like have your one guy on the inside if you're the, the mob. Like that's perfect. And then the other thing, especially, I think this came out 2002. The fact that his retirement party was at the Hooters and Wayne is so funny. <laughs> like it's funny. It's a Hooters in general. Cause that's like a dickhead retiring cop <laughs> yeah. in general, but everybody has been to that Hooters and Wayne. It's right next to the Willowbrook mall, specifically on the side where you enter for the movie theater and the sports authority. And this was the fucking place. Like, you know, remember back then, like UFC was around, but it, it got UFC got popular when the ultimate fighter came out. Like, Nobody got UFC at your house. You had to find some shitty place that would show the UFC and you'd have to go there. And every fucking mook in an affliction t-shirt would show up en masse at the same place. Uh, and I liked UFC back then, so I'd be the one fucking nerd with all these guys who were in like no fear hats and fucking <laughs> affliction shirts. And, and that was the Hooters in Wayne for like so much of North Jersey. It was like if there was some dick, like, oh, the football players, you want to hang out with every dickhead. In North Jersey, go to that Hooters in Wayne. It made me laugh so hard. Oh it's those God. little details that they that they use to really make all the, the uh, like law enforcement characters just the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that- it is an obnoxious place to have your retirement <laughs> party, and it's uh, I think Wayne borders Clifton, right? Like I think Wayne is right there, so it makes total sense geographically too. Like they're not fucking around. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, um, anything else we want to say about the episode? I mean, we hit we hit some of the major things. Just real but, quick, uh, do do you think that we're gonna get any? I mean, it, it goes against David Chase's like um, kind of way of writing, but do you think that we're gonna get any hint of this storyline in Many Saints of Newark? Uh, I mean, I, it occurred to me because um, in one of the scenes where Chris is driving Tony, he's like, you know, "Your father was like a mentor to me growing up." Right. And so I, it occurred to me, you know, probably we're going to see Tony and uh, Dickie Moltisanti, their younger selves sort of bonding in the movie. So Sure. But I mean, like this particular storyline with the crooked cop, like, do you think we're, we're going to, I see doubt, I doubt we'll see that? it. I don't know. I doubt. I have no um, idea. Yeah. That, that he'll answer whether or not Barry Haydu was responsible for Chris's father's death. So, yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, I, it would be interesting if we saw like what really happened, but um, I, don't I don't mean should, I don't mean that see. I didn't mean that heavy-handed. I just mean yeah. like touch see, on it. See, see Jilly Ruffalo or see you know yeah could be um, any any of that. Just like a little a little taste. Yeah, we'll, we'll find probably, out. But probably not because David Chase, It's too that's too cute for David Chase. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to say one shout out to Ray Curto wearing Chet's shirt from Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh my god! Oh yeah, dude, that shirt got passed around shows on HBO for uh, for quite a bit. Um, Sharing words. Yeah. I have two quick things. Yeah, I have two quick things. Other reactions from from my my super insular Jersey perspective. One, just patting myself on the back. The scene in the diner mm-hmm. when they were sitting there. I, I was looking at it and I, I I said to myself, I'm fairly positive that's the Versailles Diner on Route 46 in Fairfield. And I paused it, looked up the location. <laughs> I nailed it. Visual, I knew the visual look of the inside of that diner. That was my, well my diner for a long time. <laughs> and then there's a line that I think needs a, um, a, a, high, a highlight on, a spotlight on it. That's really worth it, which is when Tony's talking to Melfi and uh, he's talking about Junior and he goes, and what does my uncle have for all this? A shitty house in Belleville and a blah, blah, blah. Mm. 
that's a real that's um that's a really impactful line that I think everybody can kind of pick up on what that means. Mm. But being familiar with like so Tony when he goes, you've seen my house. Mm. Tony lives in North Caldwell, which is like that's one of the richest areas of the county. Um, this is like multimillionaires. This is right. Wall Street people. This is this is big money. Um, Essex Fells is probably the only part that's richer in all Essex County and North Caldwell probably actually maybe is right there. Belleville is a tough town. Um, it's like blue collar working class to the core. I, I, I have a lot of love for it, but it's, uh, it's talk about a place where if I ran into some kids from Belleville on a weekend night and if they showed up drunk and being obnoxious, I think we'd all bite our tongues and kids from my town wouldn't bite their tongues around everybody. But like, Belleville is rough around the edges. It is. It's between Bloomfield and Nork. And the, and Bloomfield has a tough section. Mm-hmm. Nork is obviously Nork. Right. But Belleville was always known. Like those, some of those kids grew up rough and they got and 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 it's gritty. And the idea that he's like a mob kingpin living in that house in Bell in Belleville. And Belleville also has um, I think has had a long reputation for being a little mobbed up for real. There's a restaurant there you guys might want to look up. I don't know if the Sopranos ever used it. Did they ever go to the Belmont Tavern? This place that's famous for Stretch's Chicken Savoy. It sounds familiar, because that's, but yeah. That's like a sure. legendary restaurant with this chicken dish that people flip out for. But it's it's always kind of been a running gag that there's certain people that when they show up, they get to skip the line and that, that they're the ones keeping it in business. And it's always been rumored to, to be a place that actually has some some mafia roots. So oh, wow. that line, what's he got after all this, a shitty house in Belleville yeah. is like, is... I think everybody understands totally what that means, but to me, that's almost like a, a like a Springsteen lyric. Um, wow! And it's like uh, in the way it hits you in the gut. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, when you when you hear about these details that he's so like painstakingly crafted into his stories, like it's it's beautiful. It's like uh, it's really like something that you're not going to see in many other shows if any like how set in the real world it is and how he utilizes that to build character you know build storylines like yeah i think you just brought it all to light gris like that was that was that was great thanks for that oh well it was a, it, i tell you it was a joy for me to rewatch this and uh to see all that stuff and feel all that stuff and uh again i just love new jersey and and uh David Chase, I think, is a, a person who's always made all of us really proud to be from there. So yeah. it was it was a joy, and I hope I didn't ruin your podcast. You did <laughs> no, not. No, I uh, mean we always say we love watching the show because it reminds us of the East Coast, but like yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like home for yeah. you. It's definitely another level. Even deep, yeah, <laughs> it's that's awesome. It's that's wild. awesome. We're somewhere in between someone from Nebraska and you. <laughs> like we're somewhere. <laughs> well, you. I mean, you're you're all Connecticut people, so you get it, and and um, yeah. For, for sure. But for me, it's like, even like locations wise, like the, uh, the nursing home that Tony's mom was in was shot at a place in my hometown. I don't think it was set in my hometown or, or vice versa. It was either shot in my hometown and set somewhere else or shot somewhere else, but they said it was in West Orange. Right. Like, there's things like that. Um, and the, re- the restaurants they eat at, the places they go. Um, I think a lot of people's favorite episode is the Pine Barrens. Yep. Yes. They make a reference there. It, it, it at one point they say a line that a lot of people probably just go, what the fuck does that mean? Where um, 
one of them when they're marching through the woods goes, we've got to be careful the fucking Jackson whites are around here. Yeah, I looked that up. What, what you is have to that? look that one up. The Jackson whites, it's actually uh, the Ramapo Mountain Indians is the right name. They actually get very upset at the name Jackson whites. Um, this is how weird New Jersey is. And, and this is how how hard David Chase goes for it. Because that's, that's actually an insane thing to put in a TV show in any context. <laughs> These people are a tribe that has lived on top of a set of mountains around Mawa and Ringwood, New Jersey. They've been up there since at least shortly after the Revolutionary War is when they started showing up, like references to them. And nobody kind of knows who they are. Um, They say that they're the descendants of uh, the Lenny Lenape tribe of Indians. Other people say it's like a mixture of runaway slaves and, and, and Indians and like people who fled like deserters from the British army but they've lived in isolation and there's all these urban legends that if you go up on their mountain, they'll kill you. And like, they'll chop a tree down to block your car from getting out and they'll murder you and, and, and all this stuff. And they've been through a hell of a lot. These people have been fucked with relentlessly. It's racist. I feel really bad about it. That's why the name Jackson whites, I want to call it out. Uh, I, I don't think he would use it today based on the fact that, that they've made it very clear. Hey, that's, please that it, that's the name that our kids are called to make fun of them in school and shit like that but there's also a group of people in new jersey called the pineys because the pine barrens is very far in south jersey mm-hmm. the ramapo indians they're up further north from um from where the sopranos is set so the pineys it's a similar thing you go in the piney in the pines there's people who live back there these weird little towns these some of them are living in like burnt out rvs and it's always been a place again since like revolutionary war era where it's known okay there's weirdos back there so i think it's paulie who said it i forget it was paulie christopher but not only is it an amazing reference for a New Jersey person to be like, did they just talk about the, the mountain people on HBO? But they mixed it up, the two sets. So it also kind of tells you, these. It, it's another joke about how these guys are kind of dopey idiots right. too. <laughs> of like, no, they're fucking a hundred miles north of here, yeah. you idiot. You're thinking about the pineys. Like it's another... It's another fucking Quasimodo joke too. Yeah. It's and who the fuck is not even everybody in Jersey is going to catch that. One. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Listeners, That's... you you are getting taken for a ride on on this episode. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris, we're gonna jump to um, a really fun segment. Have you ever have you played the game? Have Have you ever? Remember that game from when you were you know like thirteen? Have you ever? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like spin the bottle. Yeah. Have you ever? So this, this sure. Is probably... I remember that was a thing that exists, but if yeah. there's rules to it, no, there's mind. no rules. Just be honest. I mean, just you know, okay. just tell the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. First question: Have you have you ever engaged in saving money? Have you ever saved money before? Like a saving yeah. account. Have you ever saved mm-hmm. money by wrapping it in cellophane and then burying it in birdseed in your backyard? No. Okay. okay. Um, have you, have you ever surprised your mom? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Have you ever surprised your mom by showing up to her house with a $20 bill from a guy you just murdered? No. Straight to the point. Be honest. I I mean, (laughs) okay. Have you, uh, have you ever gone into a fight with, uh, uh, one of your significant others? 
Uh, not a physical no, fight, but, but an argument. argument. Okay. Have yeah. you ever gotten yeah, yeah, yeah. into an argument with your significant other because you were rude to an undercover FBI agent and embarrassed her? And then because you were all stressed out, you started cooking up some heroin and, and asked her if she wants some. And she says, maybe she'll just snort some. And you called her Stunad. Uh, the heroin part and the stew not part, definitely not. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of impossible for me to know if any of my wife's friends are undercover FBI agents, so that one's inconclusive. Okay. But to my knowledge, as of yet, no. No suspicions. Okay. Unless, unless I get a knock on the door one day that says I've been being bugged by my uh, wife's friend, the girl from Whippany, Joanne. The girl from Whippany. <laughs> my wife's friend Kelly. It turns out has been a fed the whole time, inexplicably targeting me. You never I think know. I'm you a never no know on that one. Never yeah, know. This yeah. is what, you know, we just want to find out, you know, a little bit more about you. And, you know, we, we, we heard about your relationship with Jersey and we want to know about yeah, you. No, I appreciate it. Um, just a couple more. Um, have you ever seen someone, you know, in public and um, decided that you're going to try to avoid them? Oh yeah. Have you ever seen someone in, that, you know, in public and tried to avoid them because your significant other killed their significant other and it's super awkward. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Damn. I'm glad I you was like hoping we'd get one, one yes. Maybe this one will be a yes. Um, have okay. you ever been at an event or a gathering where your ex also was? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Joe knows that. Sure. Being in the comedy community, I feel like that, that's yeah, bound to happen. Yeah. Definitely. Um, that one was for you, Joe. <laughs> for now, sure. <laughs> Have you ever been to an event or a gathering where your ex was and you excuse yourself and go do blow in the bathroom with your new girl, even though your ex is still grieving because she lost her son, her husband within a year or so? Let me think. <laughs> no, no. All right. I could have sworn. I thought you were a Jersey guy. I thought you were a fucking Jersey guy, dude. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I guess I just lost. I, you know what? If there's one thing this game proves after everything I talked about tonight, I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to New Jersey. <laughs> Who is this bozo we got we played, on the we, we, we did this with DC Pearson, and he, uh, like, halfway through, he really didn't want it. He was like, okay, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I get, yeah, I get the joke. Uh, I feel like we do it just for Spellman because I was just watching Spellman's face the entire time, and Joe, he Joe was a pig in shit. Joe requested I, this segment. See, I would, I'm the opposite. Where if you, if this went on for 35 more minutes, I would, I would, I would internally go, I'm not going to be the one to, I'm, I'm not going to stop this. You know, play chicken. Right? <laughs> And this is not a comparison between me and DC. No, no, Everybody's no. reactions are valid. No, but sure. but but you are a better sport than DC is my point. So I think no, I, I mean no, let's not tarnish DC here. I, mean, I love DC, really, but really DC's kill the best. I love DC, but you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna be a guest on the show, like have patience with the host. I mean, come on. <laughs> wow. This is gonna get back to him. No, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Chris, uh Thank you for coming on. This is such a pleasure. Uh, we we had you on uh, in your you know uh, comedy realm, and we got a fantastic New Jersey history lesson. So I I know listeners with the except we'll we'll get one guy that's like, yo, dude, I don't know. That was like a lot of information. <laughs> like we'll get one of those, but I know the the bulk of our listeners are gonna love it. So thank you for coming on. Uh, do you have? stuff that you would like our listeners to pay attention to 
Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. And it was really, like I said, a joy to kind of think about some of that stuff in places again. And I hope that if there's Uber nerds out there, I hope they did like it. And then I actually am, I'm launching it the night we, uh, I'm launching it in the morning after you and I, you guys and I are talking, uh, it's called New Jersey is the world. And it's this big um, podcast. It's a monthly podcast and also a Patreon with a ton of other stuff. That's all about New Jersey. And we're actually doing an episode about the mafia because we kind of take topics that people kind of know New Jersey for and we break down what it's really like. So it's not, we don't analyze the Sopranos, but we, a lot of talking about like how real is it in North Jersey that the mafia is kind of around and you know about it and to what level do you interact with them and uh, a lot of funny stories in general about Jersey and that episode in particular, I think, I think fans of your show like. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, awesome, man. Excellent. Well, thank you again for coming on, listeners. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, you can always find us at O Sopranos Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. That shit helps. As always, you can call us the worst podcast in the universe, but <laughs> give us five stars. Uh, and email us any questions, concerns, shit you like, shit you don't like, at osopranospod at gmail.com. Until next time. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs>Start Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select Superstart batteries. Our professional parts people will test your old battery for free and recommend the right battery for your vehicle. For power, performance, and reliability, choose Superstart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.